0: Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse number 13, Galatians 3 and 13. So um, we've been on this subject now. This will be our third week, our sixth sermon in this series on um, redeemed from the curse. And of course, when we talk about being redeemed from the curse, there, there's a purpose for that. We were redeemed from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Amen. And so we're going to do a little bit of review and and then look at some new things tonight. But before I even read these verses, let let me remind you that you were created by God to be blessed by God. Amen. The Bible makes it very clear that that you are the object of His affection. You are the apple of His eye. Um, He is love, and He created you in His image and in His likeness so that he could express himself to you. Um, In a moment, we're gonna look at some verses out of Ephesians, and and it talks about um, the goodness that he has shown us and the things that he's given to us actually glorify his grace. Um, In other words, father glorifies who he is by because he is love right and he glorifies his love by loving you and by lavishing good things upon you and upon me and for a lot of folks that's that's a new concept um in in other words if you'll never figure god out by looking at the way things operate in this world system because it's it's uh counter to God's ways. It's, it's, it's a, you know, in many ways we say a dog eat dog world. And so a lot of times when we just see that God does these things for us because he loves us. And, and so if God is love and grace is God giving us things we don't deserve, I like to say it this way, that God is love and grace is God expressing himself to you and me. Amen. And so many times in the scriptures we see this phrase, because of his great love with which he loved us. You know, we're like, man, why are you doing this for me, God? Why are you giving me these things? Because of his great love with which he loved you. It's all all because of his love. And so when we talk about, you know, being blessed and what it is that he's done for us, we have to remember that it's it's nothing we've done to deserve it. Um, But it's because of the great love with which he's loved us. Amen. Now, last little uh, pre-introduction and, and then we'll get to the verse. You have to remember now that, that, that faith receives what grace has already given. And when the Bible says you are blessed, that God has done this for you so you can be blessed, that you have been blessed, past tense, Um, you can't make the mistake of looking at your circumstances to decide whether or not you believe that's true. You have to believe it's true because God said it's true even if there's nothing in your condition of life that that may confirm it. Does that make sense? So in other words, faith plays a a, a critical role in this area of teaching and understanding just like it does in every other area area of teaching and understanding. And we'll explain that a little more as we progress tonight. Amen. All right, so Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, redeemed means to buy out from. It's a a literal Greek compound word that if you translate it literally, it means buy out from. And what we see is that Jesus bought us out from the curse that we were trapped under, and He bought us out from under it by becoming a curse Himself. And so what we see in these verses and in others, especially the, the beautiful passages in Isaiah 53 is that Jesus came up under the curse that we were pinned, that had us pinned down. It, you know, imagine like the, the rubble of the curse is, is, you're trapped underneath it. And Jesus came under that curse, becoming a curse for you, and then he lifted it off of you and carried it away. That's, that's the, 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 the understanding and, and, the, and the, the word pictures, amen, that that he's wanting to paint and wanting you to see uh, by this phrase, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, have become a curse for us. And then he says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, notice here, through faith. So faith, again, is a key factor in these things. Through faith as opposed to through, through um, you know, deserving it or earning it. And, and somehow you've been good enough long enough where God owed these things to you. That is, that is the Old Testament, Old uh, Covenant approach to these things. We're not under that system anymore. Now it's through faith. It's, it's believing in Jesus and in what He's done for you and now what He is freely giving to you. Now, we've spent some time, we're not going to review all this tonight, but we see that the curse affected us in five key areas. It affected us spiritually, it affected us physically, in our physical health, our physical strength, um, every way physically, it it affected us mentally, it affected us emotionally, and it affected us financially, or you could even say financially slash materially, okay? Material things aren't everything, but they are important things. And aren't you glad that Father has covered not just the things that we need in His Word, but also we see where He enjoys giving us things that we desire. And then He even, he even loves and enjoys surprising us with things that we never expected, never asked for, never thought of. Yet He knows us well enough to know. It's kind of like, you know, it's getting Christmas time and, and, and so I begin to think of, of like folks in my family and stuff, you know, it's like, um, man, you know, uh, that, that just looks like that person. You know, in other words, um, <clears throat> don't get mad a candle for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? He's not into candles. You know, you know Get him something Volkswagen-related. He's going to be happy, right? You see what I'm saying? In other words, so Father knows you well enough to know things that, that you may not even have thought to ask for, and yet he just kind of sneak up on you and, and, and bless you with it. Amen. Um, that happened to me several years ago. Brother Barry Weems walked into my office and handed me an iPad. Well, I got a PC computer sitting on my desk. I'm like, I got a, I got a Windows-based phone in my pocket, you know, and I'm like, not sure about this, right? You know, and um, but he knew me well enough to know that um, that if I ever, you know, understood and got, you know, connected with and and in the flow of Apple technology that I, and man, he was right, he was absolutely right about it. I am appled up tonight, amen, as they would say. But, but again, that's Father loves to, to, to even do things like that for us, aren't you glad, amen. So the curse affected us in, in these five key areas, but we also see now that the blessing uh, has, has affected us positively In these five areas, the curse was a negative in those five areas but now the curse brings a positive if you will um, in these uh, key areas and and so again the Bible says for instance Jesus became your sin so that you could become his righteousness the Bible says that by his stripes you are now healed Um, second Corinthians eight nine says that even though Jesus was rich for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty see Poverty is a part of the curse and so Jesus became impoverished For you and me not so we could be impoverished. He became poor Literally, I'll put it on the screen for you right there. Look at that last phrase that through his poverty you might become rich That you might become rich Now a lot of people wimp out on this and they say well that's speaking of of being spiritually rich No, that again there are other things that covered uh, our spiritual death We weren't spiritually sick, my my friend. We weren't spiritually impoverished. We were spiritually dead. And what he did for us spiritually involved um, bringing us back from spiritual death. And certainly all of that was covered in what Jesus did for us. But he covered all these other areas as well. Now, if you, and I'm going to way oversimplify this, but I think sometimes we have to begin with the simplest Uh, Version of something so that we can build on it from there But when we talk about the curse and the blessing Think of the curse as an unseen force working against you But think of the blessing as an unseen force working for you or working to your advantage So I think we've all experienced um, an unseen force that's working against us. I I just refer to it as resistance. And resistance is real. Um, I know, see, that's the only environment that we've ever known. But you realize that there's a different environment in heaven. Do you realize that metal will not rust in heaven? See, again, metal rusts on the earth because of, of, of corrosion and decay and things of this nature. There's no such thing as that in heaven. There was no such thing of that as that in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned and the curse came. All of that came as a result of the curse. All of that came as a result um, of the fall. And so um, in, in small ways and in large ways and every way in between, we've all ran up against this unseen force that's working against us that's that's because of the curse or we could say it even is the curse but then there's the blessing that's an unseen force that's working for you it's it's working uh things out to your advantage amen I'm getting deeper and deeper into this review but I feel somebody's kind of pulling it out of me so let me go just a little further and then we'll look at some new stuff all right So in Leviticus, we see that God, in the sixth year, it said He commanded His blessing on their crops because He wanted them to not plant anything the seventh year. He he wanted them to let the land rest a year. And so He told them to, to plant the sixth year, not plant anything the seventh year, plant again the eighth year, but it would be at the end of the eighth year before they had anything to eat. And this is what God said. He said, I'll command my blessing upon your crops and they'll produce three years worth of harvest. Think about that right there now. Okay? Now, we see that same blessing in effect when Jesus took the little boy's lunch. Right? Just a couple of fish and some, and some loaves of bread, and He blessed it. See, we, 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 we've so... Um, uh, when it comes to understanding the blessing, I think we have such a diminished, limited understanding of it. You know, We think when Jesus blessed that, that, that food that He you know, said something like, God is good, God is great. You know, No, no, no. See, he, when He blessed it, the same blessing that was commanded upon the crops uh, in the Old Testament in that sixth year, it was that same blessing that he commanded upon that, that little boy's lunch, and they fed 5,000 men plus women and children with it. Okay, so, so do you see how, I mean no disrespect, but we talked um, last Sunday night, we, we used the example of like in a, in a kid's video game where you can get a special ability, a special power, that, that will make you invincible or make you stronger or make you bigger or make you faster. Um, it know, give you an advantage over all the other players in the game. Well, this is what the blessing... And again, I'm not trying to trivialize it, but I'm just trying to help you understand it. This is when Father takes something from His world, places it upon you here on the earth... And it empowers you to succeed. It empowers you um, to produce. It it empowers you to excel um, uh, far above uh, people who do not have that blessing upon them. Amen? Does that make sense to you? Yes? If it doesn't, I need to spend some more time there. All right. Go with me now to Ephesians chapter 1. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, let me remind you that as you turn there, um, that you are blessed. Okay? That, That you are blessed. Praise God. Now, I'm not just telling you that because that's just a kind thing for a pastor to say to people who come to church on a Sunday night. You're blessed. Amen. Because God says you're blessed. Let me me say that again, because that's really important. You are blessed because God says you are blessed. You are blessed because He has blessed you. Amen. Amen. Now see, notice how hearing that, remember, redeem from the curse so that you can be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. All right? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's the Old Testament, right? Now in the New Testament... It's let the redeemed say so and let the blessed, because you've been redeemed from the curse, say so. In other words, we need, we need to say that we're redeemed and we need to say that we're blessed. Amen. It's a package deal. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a package deal. Huh. Praise God. Now, some might say, well, the verses in Galatians don't seem to be as definitive as I would like from them to be. It says, so that the blessing might come upon. Well, amen. You've got to understand the, the, the might there and, and, and the reason he uses that terminology. Um, remember, the first generation that came out of Egypt did not enter into the promised land even though that promised land belonged to them and even though everything necessary to get them uh, from Egypt into the promised land was already accomplished before Adam was created. So the if is not on God's side. The might is not because God maybe He will, maybe He won't. The the reason there there is um, any question associated with it is is purely based upon what we believe and what we're willing to um, uh, you know to do in in response to what God has said about His blessing upon us. Now, if you want to see it more definitive, again, Ephesians chapter one and verse number 3 it says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in Christ amen I like to put the Jesus on there Amen. just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame, before Him in love. Okay. Now, there are some things here, and, and we'll if we have time towards the end, maybe we'll come back to this. But there are, there are a lot of things here that follow this amazing statement. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Romans, says it, Romans 8 says it this way. If Father spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not now freely give us all things? There's nothing in heaven more precious than Jesus. Right? And if Father was willing to give him to you and for you there is no other blessing in heaven that he is going to withhold from you right so I want to encourage you to commit Ephesians 1 and 3 to memory a matter of fact I want you to begin to confess that you have been, make sure you get the tense right and connect with it in your mind when you confess it. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, okay? Now, I think either the, the question that, that is in our conscious minds or if not in our conscious minds because of this world system in our subconscious minds is well, why, if that's true, why would he do such a thing? And that's what he, you know, strives to answer or does answer for us in the following verses. Because notice verse 3 ends with a comma. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. In, in other words, what is he saying here? It's just a really beautiful, elaborate, detailed way of saying, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because this is what Father decided before he ever created us. This, this was what he desired. This is what he had in mind. You know, God, God has created a lot of living things. He's created a lot of, a, a lot of living beings Man, when you you read in Ezekiel and Daniel and and Revelation, um, you know if, if you're fascinated by uh, like animals on this earth, and certainly there is diverse animal life on this earth, all kinds of different creatures, large and small, and and it's fascinating. But my friend, there there are creatures in heaven that that our eyes have never seen. There, are you understanding what I'm saying? I mean. Uh, there are all kinds of, of, of living, you know. The Bible talks about, you know, those beings that are there by the altar and how they, they cover themselves with the wings. And all, you know, again, um, beautiful beyond description, fascinating beyond description. And yet, when God created you and me, He did not create us on their level. Nor did He create us on the level of other living things here upon the earth. But when He created you and me, He created us. Don't choke on this. He created us on His level. He created... Thank you for those two amens and that one Baptist nod and a grunt I heard over to my left. Amen. He, He created us on His level. He created us to look like He looks and to function like He functions. He created you so much like Himself because He wanted to have fellowship with you. He wanted to have fellowship with you. He didn't create you to be a pet. And He didn't create you just to be a fan. He created you to be family. He created you to be family. And so He created you like Himself. Amen. And He created you to be blessed by Him. Amen. Amen. This is our uh, first Christmas as grandparents. <laughs> Woo-wee. We're having some fun already, amen. We took little Oliver to the, to the mall um, a few weeks back. Uncle John Mark was with us. So we decided we was gonna get baby a new pair of shoes, amen. And see, you know, me and Pam, we're kind of old school. We were were thinking the kids, you know, the little white. Uh Uh-uh, man. Uncle John Mark says, took us in the Vans store, Pastor Rick, right? Got little Oliver some Vans tennis shoes. I get, why do do the shoes that are only four inches long cost more than the shoes for my feet? I don't understand that. I guess because they can, right? Anyway, in other words, I am really enjoying blessing my grandson. I've enjoyed blessing my, my son and daughter and son-in-law, right? Amen. And, and so why do I enjoy doing good things for them? It's because I was created in the image and likeness of my Heavenly Father who enjoys blessing. Are you, are you hearing me? He enjoys blessing you. It's His good pleasure to give good things to you. You gotta understand this. You, again, amen. This was the plan from the beginning. So this is what he's saying, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and with, uh, without blame before him in love. He goes on to say, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise, where are we? To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, that's a key word right there in our redemption, that word made. M-A-D-E. For instance, in Ephesians two, the Bible says we've been made to sit together with Jesus in the heavenly places. Made, amen we see that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is something, when it says made, think make, think create. And when you were born again, you were recreated. Let me put the word in here. You were remade. Amen? Recreated, remade in the sense that you were made again. He made you, created you the first time. Then we sinned. We were born of corrupted seed. We were under the curse. He then recreated you in Christ Jesus. He remade you. He didn't refurbish you. He remade you. I don't know if I'm just sensitive to it now because the Holy Spirit's been teaching me along these lines, or if it's an increase in these things. I, I, I'm not really clear on it, but not only do I want you to be aware, I want you to beware, okay? There's a difference both, right? Be aware of, conscious of, But also beware of all the songs on Christian radio right now that talk about us being broken. It's just broken, 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 broken. My friend. My friend, please. I was broken. Amen. Amen. But I have been remade he didn't remake me a broken man I was a broken man now I am a whole man in Christ Jesus right see there's something about yeah come on let's that's who we are right amen there's there's something about those songs and and the Bible talks about things that appeal to the flesh you know, but are powerless when it comes to to really producing change and, and, and the goodness of God in our lives. But notice there's, there's, some, there's a commiseration there. There's a, there's a wallowing in, uh, in it there. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to single any... There's all kinds of lyrics firing off in my head right now. There's one, you know, it's beautifully broken. See, <laughs> amen, is it... There's even some that borderline on accusing God of breaking them. My friend, he, he, he's not the one that broke us. Amen. We were broken and he came to make us whole again. And so I am, I am not a, a, uh, a refurbished creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm not a uh, repaired creation in Christ Jesus. He didn't repair me. He buried me with Him and then raised me up together with Him a new creation. A new creation. Right? So, so be careful walking around humming songs and singing songs about being broken. Not broken. You're not broken. I was broken, but I'm not broken anymore. Not no more. Not no more. And so, see, if you understand the basics of discipleship, which involve renewing, reconditioning the mind... See, the problem that we have is we were broken, we lived as broken men and women, then Jesus made us whole again, but we tend to still think like someone who's broken. So the renewing of the mind is no longer thinking of ourselves as broken, no longer seeing ourselves as broken, but to think like someone who has been made whole, to think like someone who was broken but is not broken any longer, right? But as long as we think like someone who is broken, we will live like someone who is broken even though we ain't broken. Right? Now, the same is true with blessing and cursing. I was under a curse. Jesus came under that curse with me, becoming a curse Himself. Lifted that curse off of me and carried it away. I was once cursed, but I'm not cursed anymore. I'm blessed. But because I lived under a curse for a, a, a period of time in my life, I, I developed a mindset that was more reflective of someone who's cursed instead of a mindset that coincides with someone who is now blessed. So the renewing and the reconditioning of my mind is me learning how to think like someone who's blessed and to see myself as blessed. And to believe that I am blessed because of what Jesus has done for me and because of what Father... Listen, my friend, He has commanded not just a blessing. He has commanded every blessing. That was a blessing He commanded on those crops. And He's got a whole arsenal of blessing in heaven for all kinds of things. Amen. And He has blessed you now with every one of them. Every kind of blessing. The only thing that we know of in Scripture that he has withheld from us is when he's going to tell Jesus to come and get us. And he has not told it to Jesus. The Bible says no one knows it, but the Father, not even Jesus, knows because if he told Jesus when... He was coming. He would have to tell you and me because we are a joint heir with Him entitled to everything from God the Father that Jesus is entitled to. Do you think every blessing in heaven is available to Jesus tonight? Is there there any blessing, any superpower in heaven, right, that is off limits to Jesus? Think with me now. Think with me now. And there's all, all those tools... All, all of those uh, abilities, empowerments, enablements, special forces kinds of stuff, weapons, all of that, right? There's, there's arsenals of those in heaven. Is there any one of them up there that Jesus does not have access to? That, that is off limits for him. That he, that he has not been given. You follow what I'm saying? Again, see, we have no problem saying, well, of course not, Pastor Mark. Absolutely. I mean, he's Jesus. He's got the keys to the place. So do we, right? See, you've got the keys. And remember, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What he's saying there in that is that anything that Jesus has access to, you have access to. Anything that He's been blessed with, you've been blessed with. Any any super ability that He has to fulfill Father's purposes and plans and will for His life and His experience on earth, you have access to those same things. You've been blessed with in in those same ways. Thank you, Jesus. So what if it... What if it still feels like we're broken? (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) What if we still feel broken? What if it still seems like we're broken? What if people who know us well shake their heads back and forth and say, looks like you're still broken to me? See, we, we ain't listening to none of that. That's not that's not what the that's not what the word says. It's not what the truth is. Amen. See now th- this is where, you know, remember, blessed, and receive the Spirit through faith. This is this is where faith comes into and is a part of all of these things. Right. so to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted he made you accepted think about what he's saying right there in other words we we did not qualify in our past condition let me say it another way we were unacceptable amen we were on the outside looking in but not only were we on the outside looking in we were on the outside with no way to get in but Jesus came come on now and it was father's plan the whole time he has made us accepted in the beloved let me say it another way when he remade you and he recreated you your state of being now is accepted. I know I'm running out of time. That was one of the key things I wanted to try to get to tonight. If, amen. We'll get there next week. But listen, listen to me, please. There are different things the Bible speaks of that are what I call state of being truths. Anything that He has made you because He made you that, that's what slash who you now be. Okay? Right? Because He made you accepted. Notice because you've been made accepted, this transcends doing something in order to be accepted. This transcends having to maintain a certain standard to maintain, because it's not based upon what you do, it's based upon what you've been made. Are you seeing this? Okay. So, real quick, I'll be quick, I'll be quick, okay, you still with me? You get anything out of this? All right, so you've been made righteous. Righteousness is not a state of doing it's a state of being now certainly we live righteously but we live righteously as an expression of the righteousness we've become that we've been made but again my righteousness as a state of being is not dependent upon the outward circumstances of my life. It's, it's not based upon what I do. It's based upon what's been done for me and what has been given to me, and I received uh, by faith what grace has already given, what grace has already provided. Are you following me? Now, a lot of times we use, and some of you have heard me teach on these things before, so again, I'm going to give you a really quick abbreviated version of this, but see, sometimes we take holiness... And, um, and godliness, and we use them interchangeably with this word righteousness. As as we think holiness, righteousness, and godliness are all three the same thing and, and, and synonymous with one another and can be used interchangeably with one another, but that's really not accurate. Righteousness is a state of being. It's something you've been made. Amen. But when we start talking about holiness and godliness we see that those two things are states of doing. States of doing. So this is how I like to simplify this. Holiness is all the things that I no longer do because I have been made righteous. It's all the places I don't go anymore. It's all the things I don't do not look at anymore. It's all the jokes I don't tell or laugh at anymore. It's, it's, or it's sin. It's, it's, it's separating myself from, from sinful things, from things that are not pleasing and acceptable to God, right? Again, holiness is something that I, that I do, but I do it because I've been made righteous. My efforts to, to be holy are in response to His gift of righteousness and, 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 and Him making me righteous, Godliness is all of the things that I do now because I've been made righteous. Again, it's another state of doing. Godliness has to do with, with, um, well, your presence here tonight. Is, is exercising yourself towards godliness. You could have been at home watching the NFL game but instead you chose to come to church and worship. So when we say it's all the things you do now because you've been made righteous, are you following what I'm saying? This These are things like coming to church. These are things like sharing the gospel with other people. These are things like reading your Bible. These are things like spending time in prayer. Spending time worshiping God. Spending time fellowshipping with other believers. We know that these are things that, that Father God has instructed us to do in His Word. Amen. And so godliness, these are all the things that we do now, again, because we've been made righteous. Are you seeing this? Now, you can't make the mistake, though, of thinking that your righteousness is based upon how well you're doing in the holiness, godliness areas. Because my righteousness is not based upon my behavior. It's not based upon the things I don't do anymore, and it's not based upon the things that I now do because of. Amen. My righteousness is based upon one thing and one thing only. What Jesus has done for me, right? Amen. Not what I do for Him. Okay? Now, I said all that to say this, and this is the last thing, and I'll pray. Are you ready? Blessed is a state of being. It's a state of being. I have been made blessed. Who I was before was cursed. Who I am now is blessed. Amen. Who I am now is blessed. It's a state of being. Okay? Now, why is that so important? I asked everybody this morning, I'm going to ask you tonight, okay? Some of you are here, some of you uh, were not, all right? But listen to me. Do you believe, this is so important, do you believe you are blessed? Okay. Why? That's the right answer, because he blessed me. What a lot of people answer, if in other words, like, so you believe you're blessed, huh? Yes, I'm blessed. So tell me why you believe you're blessed. And a lot of people will answer that by talking about conditions in their life. Well, I'm blessed because I got a, I got a car to drive. I'm blessed because I've got a warm bed to sleep in. I'm blessed because I'm blessed because I'm blessed because I'm blessed because. Listen, all of those things are are wonderful things. Give God the glory and the thanks and the and the and the credit and, 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 and what have you for that. Amen. I'm blessed because I got a raise. I'm blessed because I'm healed. Amen. Listen to me. Yes, give God all the praise, all the glory. But that and and this is what the Lord's been been showing me, so just stay with me for just a second longer, okay? We can't confuse what The blessing produces in our lives with the blessing. Right? Brother Copeland, I heard him say something years ago, and man, it just like snapped it right into alignment for me, right? People receive healing and they say that um, I'm blessed because I'm healed. And he said, That's a wrong way of looking at it. You're healed because you're blessed. You're not blessed because you've got a raise. You've got a raise because you're blessed. Do you, you see the difference there, right? As long as we think in terms of I'm blessed because and then fill in the blank with some manifestation of God's blessing in our lives, we're, so then what do you do when things maybe aren't going so well in your life? Does that mean you're not blessed? See, again... We, we're thankful for these things. I'm not telling you to, you know, please tell folks, brag on God. We should talk about it more. But the reality of it tonight is our blessing is not based upon our current circumstances, it's based upon a state of being. And that's where our faith has to be in these things. Amen. I think you got it. You got it? All right, stand with me. Praise God. I was about to tear off into some more stuff, but I think you got it, and I think that's a good place to stop right there. Amen. Are you blessed? <laughs> Ooh, praise God, I'm blessed. Amen. Blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, you have commanded your blessing upon us, but, Lord, we see that for us, it's, 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 it's gone Lord, uh, praise God. Amen. (laughs) Look at me for a minute. Praise God. I just saw this in the Spirit. Are you ready? Those crops that He commanded His blessing upon, He made them blessed. Right? He made made those crops something that that no man could make them, and that's why they produced. You see this, right? When He commanded His blessing on them, He made them blessed. Praise God. So Father, you've commanded your blessing upon us and you have made us blessed. You said, Father, that everything we put our hands to would be blessed because we're blessed. Father, we're not blessed because things work out for us. Things work out for us because we're blessed. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us see these things, Father. Thank you for helping us, Lord, renew our minds to these truths. And Father, to operate in these things by faith and to not be moved into believing that we're cursed because some negative thing has come against us and is challenging what we believe. Father, even when it looks like I'm not, I'm blessed. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're teaching us how. Lord, to see these things in their right perspective tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're going to have a great time next Sunday night, but Father, it's just what you're doing here and what's happening here, Lord, it's just in another level. We'll eat that food and digest it and go on to the next meal on Monday. But Lord, these things are things that are sticking to our spiritual bones. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Tell somebody you're blessed, amen, and you have a great week. I'll see some of you in the morning, some of you Tuesday, some of you Wednesday, good things coming.